to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today with me, I have my new friend, Chef Alejandra Kawachi, who owns Mexico Lindo Cooking School. And I had the opportunity to meet her a couple of weeks ago. We had lots of fun. And I said, Chef Ali, Chef Ali, we just need to get you on the radio show and we need to talk all things Mexican cooking. So hello, Chef. Thanks for coming. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here. So our, you know, our listeners out there, I, I like to think that my listeners are uh, adventurous eaters and adventurous cooks and uh People are learning so much about food and cultures around the world. And any any given night somewhere in America, someone is cooking an amazing meal, right? And I imagine it's this, the same way in Mexico. Exactly. Exactly. We have well, a lot of foodies. <laughs> well, and, you know, there's something to be said about home cooking, restaurant cooking, and and all the great food that is available and now with the opportunity for people to have access to ingredients it really can change a boring wednesday night dinner for sure well why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the cooking school and where you're located so they can get an idea before we get started on getting into the grit of the mexican cuisine <laughs> Thank you. Well, we are, um, we have Mexico Lindo Cooking School. It's now two schools. So one is, one is in Riviera Maya in Puerto Morelos. Uh, would be 30 minutes away from Cancun. So it's in the middle of Riviera Maya in the jungle, in a beautiful location. Um, and we have another location now in uh, Valladolid, Yucatan which is in the Yucatan Peninsula as well. And this beautiful colonial town, it's getting really trendy and beautiful. And we have another cooking school there. And it's about probably an hour and a half driving from Cancun, no, into Chichen Itza. So when uh, people are coming to cook with you, are, are they tourists who want to learn a little something are they professional chefs who's who's coming to take classes with you we have a great mix of of, of everybody uh riviera maya it's a very popular place we have the caribbean and no we have a lot of things and uh we get a lot of travelers who well i think that the the, the traveler it's becoming more sophisticated as you say they are looking for experiences so um, I have foodies and travelers from everywhere in the world uh, that they are looking for for authentic food and they want to learn. So we get visits, and of course, we also get chefs and professional chefs going there. No, because as you know, when we travel as chefs, we like to find more about the culture, so we look for cooking classes. 
What kind of things, you know, when someone says, I want to sign up for an authentic Mexican cooking class, what, what are the kinds of dishes they're looking for? And, you know, are there other things that you're recommending to them? Yes. Uh, normally they are looking for the most popular food that they get back home. No, it would be tacos and carnitas and uh, salsas and guacamole. And what we tried to do, and I think we did it very well, is that we designed menus that could have those things they are looking for, but also showing them other foods, uh, very iconic dishes of Mexican food and tacos that they can do back home, that they can find very easily all the ingredients back home, and that are simple things that they can prepare so they can learn more about everything and, and organize a dinner at home with the recipes, no? So what are, what are some of those other dishes that, that you're cooking? Well, each menu has uh, two main courses, dessert, and two other dishes and salsas and tortillas. They learn how to make handmade tortillas, which is great. Uh, you don't need a tortilla press anymore. No, you can learn how to use it. And uh, we do, for example, we do cochinita, the iconic cochinita pibil. We do lemon soup in our Yucatecan menu. When we have the taco day, which is Tuesdays, Taco Tuesday, <laughs> we get we make carnitas from scratch. We make salsa, but we do chiles rellenos, this very famous poblano pepper stuff with uh, things. And we make flan, we make um, tamales, which is uh, the most popular thing that people is looking for uh, after tacos. It's tamales. Tamales is like everybody wants to learn. So we learn, we give them uh, very nice recipes to prepare tamales. Okay, so let's talk tamales, okay? Because here we have New Orleans being a port city. We have uh, people from Central America, South America who are moving into our region and introducing tamales. And depending upon where my friends are from, their tamales are completely different. And then we have this, this crazy thing called a, a Cajun tamale, which is a kind of a corn or corn and meat or like smoked pork tamale with a, like a spicy red sauce. And I find they're always super oily and they're, we pack them in a bag and sometimes, uh, I don't know. Back when I was a kid, they used to sell them like out of a box on a on a corner. But now you can get them at the grocery store. But then I I've had tamales with olives in them. I've had tamales with fruit in them. I've had so many that it it's so interesting how diverse the tamale can be. Yes, it's a whole world apart. The tamale. You can see tamales in all uh, uh, Mexican and Central America cultures because this was uh, one of the most traditional things that we have that it's coming from hundreds or from centuries ago. It's actually tamales. Um, so tamal from the Nahuatl, that it's the language of the Aztecs, it means uh, 
envelope. So it's kind of like a gift. So the whole idea is that we get a corn preparation wrapped in either corn husk, uh, avocado leaf, or it can be banana leaf. Depending on the geography or the area where they were created, it's the type of uh, envelope and also the type of filling. So we have in Mexico only over 400 different styles of tamales. We're not talking about recipes. Of course, recipes, there are thousands. Okay, so 400 different styles because Mexico is a large country and yes. there are what, seven regions of the cuisine around there and probably much more. Um, so where you grew up, what goes in the tamale versus maybe where one of your chefs grew up? Um, okay, I grew up in Mexico City and Mexico City it's it was it's been a capital city for thousands of years because before was for the Aztecs and then was the capital city from New Spain after the Spanish arrival. So because of this, we got an access to a lot of ingredients, a lot of cultures, a lot of styles, which makes tamales, I would say, like really alive. No, they 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 make like hundreds of different fillings for the tamal, but it has one style, which is in corn husk, because in Mexico City, what we had was a lot of corn. No, we didn't have access to banana that you can see on the coastline. So uh, we do salsa verde with chicken. We get uh, mole with chicken or pork. We fill them with rajas, which is poblano strips, which is like amazing. And the type of tamal that we have in Mexico City, it's super savory, like very flavorful, very spongy. It melts in your mouth. And it's like something we get for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and on the run everywhere all the time. No, it's something, it's a full meal for us. And it, it is a full meal. No, you get cereals there. You get meat, you get protein, you have fat, you have everything. So it's a very good way to start the day. But if you compare that to, for example, tamales, I have chefs that are from Oaxaca or from Chiapas, which is on the coastline uh, on the south, uh, they put, some of them make them a little bit sweet. So they put prunes, like chiapas, um, and Oaxaca, they put mole, so you get a little sweetness there with a the chocolate, and some of them have prunes too, uh, and they wrap them in banana leaf. So the texture, the flavor of the masa and everything, it's different. And it's of, of course one of my favorite because Oaxacan food, it's, um, it's amazing. It's full of flavors, colors and traditions. It's amazing. Well, so when we're, we're looking at the, you know, all the different cuisines around Mexico and I, I was looking at your website and it seemed like uh, y'all kind of covered several areas in particular you focused on some coastal foods um what are like are there any major distinguishing factors that when you sit down and someone serves you something you can go this is from that region i know this is somebody's grandma's recipe from you know this part of mexico are there certain um dishes or ingredients that you immediately identify as coming from a certain region? See, yes, especially dishes. 
There are, there are dishes that are iconic from each region of Mexico. That was, that's why it was a little bit hard to make menus from a specific place. I only did that with Yucatan. But for the rest of Mexico, what I tried to do was assembling uh, groups of dishes that could go very well together, but that not necessarily are from the same area. So, for example, the day of the coast, we have, we're surrounded by coast. Now we have so much ocean and all the seafood in different areas of Mexico, it's so different. So to try or to taste a ceviche, because we eat a lot of ceviche in Mexico, uh, even though it's not Mexican originally, we love ceviche. We have our versions of ceviche and our versions are very different. If you go very different, if you go on Sinaloa on the Northwest uh, where uh, all the Baja area and all that area is, which has amazing seafood. They have things like aguachiles, which is something similar to a ceviche, but with shrimp and very limey and spicy. It's very nice. But if you eat a ceviche a little bit more into the south, into Guerrero, Acapulco, you will find that they they add other ingredients uh, as like uh, something sweet, tomato sauce, ketchup included in all that, which would be strange for many people in even in Mexico, but it's a totally different flavor. You go to the south, you get another type of ceviche. You go to Riviera Maya and all the Yucatan Peninsula, you find other type of ceviche. And you go to the Gulf of Mexico and to Veracruz, and it's another different story. So just with ceviche, for example, we have different ceviches uh, in different areas and so on with the seafood or or the usage of corn so we share as a country the usage of corn of chile of beans of many ingredients but and we of course have tacos everywhere but tacos and tamales and seafood and all the food will be changing on on flavors no veracruz has this great influence from Spain because that was the first place where the, 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 the Spain arrived. So it's funny because you see a dish that it's iconic here, like in, 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 in Veracruz, that has olives and olive oil and red bell pepper and it has capers and things you wouldn't think that are very Mexican. However, this dish is very Mexican and it's served with beans and it's served with a special type of rice and you make tacos with that, no? And, which <laughs> is like, whoa, everything goes in a taco. <laughs> well, so let's talk a little bit about tacos because um, I feel like when I'm talking to American chefs who are, are cooking and are making tacos, uh, you know, they're, to some, there are rules. To others, there are not rules. And many feel passionately about corn tortillas, whereas others may feel passionately about flour tortillas. So I guess that's like kind of where I want to start. What's the rule? Is it a corn tortilla? Is it a flour tortilla? How do you know? <laughs> okay, in Mexico, we also eat flour tortillas, but that's closer to the north and the border. Most commonly, 
everywhere else in Mexico, and a tortilla in Mexico was born as a corn preparation. No? So uh, we've had tacos for centuries. The idea is that the most important rule is that there are no big rules with this. You can put anything inside a tortilla and make a taco out of it. It's, it would be like, I've, I've seen tacos that you cannot imagine, maybe from a salad, like for example, cactus salad that we love, and they are in a taco. So we have tacos of vegetables, tacos with protein, like animal protein. We have guisados, which is a cooked dish, like a stew of something that goes inside a taco. We have taco parties with 12 dishes that you can put in the tortilla. So you just grab your tortilla and start adding the feelings that you want. But we also have like specific tacos, like carnitas or cochinita or al pastor. So... I think that the most important part of a taco would be, this is me, um, a tortilla, corn preferably, uh, the filling that I don't care really, but a salsa. So it needs to have tortilla and needs to have salsa. Cause salsa okay. is the acid element that will just Stick all the flavors together and we'll make an explosion of flavors in your mouth. Okay, so so you have your vehicle by which to eat your filling. So you have your corn tortilla with whatever delicious filling. And then you have your salsa, which is your, you know, your sauce, your acid, something that's completing that. Now, when we're talking salsa, red, green. Where does pico fit in? Should salsa be chunky? Should it be smooth? How, what is, what's up with that? <laughs> if, if there are 400 different types of tamales, I cannot, I could not ever count how many salsas there are. And you can fry it, you can roast it, you can grind it, you can uh, do it raw, you can cook it and boil it and then fry it again. There are like so many different, like just to give you an example, when uh, I was in, in university, in college, we had a whole couple of days of salsa. So the whole class was about salsas. And they gave us seven, eight ingredients and we had to make a hundred salsas with those five ingredients. And we could. Wow. Just wow. changing the technique, the amount of water, the herbs that you're putting. If you put cilantro or you put a pasote or you put a hoja santa or you put other herb or you put some oregano. If you make it thicker, you make it chunky or you just want it really velvety. So uh, I cannot tell you which would be a, the correct salsa. There are many salsas that, are, that you cook food in them. Like, for example, a salsa verde, if you cook the salsa verde, you can make pork in that and make a stew, which is amazing. Or you can make chilaquiles with that. So if you're going to use a raw salsa, raw and fresh salsas are normally like pico de gallo to, to eat in the table, put to your taco, uh, eat with chips, uh, like a guacamole would be, or like a pico de gallo would be. So pico de gallo is a salsa for us, 
but it's not a salsa that we use to cook. It's something that we add last minute to the taco, uh, to some some food. Uh, normally tacos, and it would be molletes, which is we do so many things, like a bread with refried beans and melted cheese, and we eat that maybe for breakfast or. It's something very common in eateries, no? So we get like half of the bread there with the beans on the that, and then we put pico de gallo there. I, so what I'm getting really excited about is this trend that I get to eat just about everything in Mexican cooking with my hands. And I love that because I feel like to connect with your food, you have to touch your food, right? Oh. And it seems like there's this whole process where you're, you know, the chef was involved in cooking it, but you have like an intense involvement in how you eat it and how you customize what the chef provided to you. Yes. Yes, and also you can, you can add so many things. No, there are taquerias and, and taco places in Mexico where besides they give you the taco, for example, I don't know, carnitas, or they give you carne asada. But then they have uh, plates that have cooked potatoes, cooked nopales, uh, chiles toreados, which is like uh, in a skillet, so you can make them hotter uh, because we like hotter. <laughs> uh, uh, a salad with fava beans, um, uh, onions, like roasted onions. And then we have like six, seven different things besides 10 salsas and lime juice, of course, and lime. And then you customize your tacos. No, you have carne asada, but you're going to put potatoes. And on the other one, you're going to put rajas, like poblano strips, or in the other one, you're going to add rice and on the other one. So you have so many things that you can customize your taco and make the flavor you want with the salsa you want, with the amount of acid you want. So it's pretty, let's say, adaptable to whatever you really like to eat. And that's what's amazing. And going to what you said about using your hands, I totally agree with that. It's, it's amazing because you have a direct contact with your food. And it's kind of like you're part of being the chef because you're preparing your and customizing your food, no? So you're touching it, you're feeling it, you're smelling it. So it becomes a, a, a game of your five senses. You are not limited to what your eyes can see, uh, or you can smell or taste, but you can you touch, you play with it, you have textures, you have crunchiness and softness and all those things playing together in your food. And that's what I, I love about tacos, no? Well, so I'm going to change directions just a little bit because I know that um, we only have a few minutes left, but uh, you're very passionate about the cuisine of your region and throughout Mexico, but you also are working um, to highlight uh, indigenous food and, and products and things such as uh, Mayan cuisine in the area. So I thought you might want to speak on that a little bit. Oh, yes. It's been great because uh, since I started the school, I thought it was very important that we could rescue original traditions, you know, authentic traditions. And because I mean, the Yucatan Peninsula was very easy 
to 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 start looking into into Mayan communities and other areas to go with the traditional cooks and learn from them. So originally it was for me learning because I always want to learn uh, the, the, where the food is coming from and how those techniques uh, were in the origins. So I try to do that everywhere in Mexico. Here I had the opportunity to meet Chef Rosalia Chai that she's very famous now. You maybe have seen her in Chef's Table Barbecue Edition, which was like the last season. She got an episode and she cooks the food really like you cannot imagine the type of kitchen she has. It's like three stones and the wood and she can has a rock grinder and she does her recados on the metate on the rock grinder. So we work together with her and with another community. The idea is that we bring all these to the so we take the people, the traveler and the foodie to the Mayan community to learn and taste the food right there, which it's amazing because the communities have the opportunity to to work and to show all their amazing food and amazing traditions. And the people has a great opportunity of tasting the best food that you could ever taste, no? So when your guests go there and they see that you don't have to have the fanciest stove or the nicest blender. Uh, you know, do they, how are they responding to that? And, and what's it like to be able to introduce them to that kind of moment? Oh, they feel really grateful for the opportunity of being able to really, really learn from, from all of us, no? Uh, they they feel grateful then when they taste the food they are amazed but specifically with chefs that we're accustomed to work in big kitchens it's very nice because you see a chef that comes and sees with how few items and things rosalia or a traditional mayan cook can prepare a super tasty dish and they are like, okay, so if my people ever tells me that they need equipment, I'm just going to send them here to see that you can cook very good without all these things that they are asking for. <laughs> we had a chef from Miami telling us that. I love that. that yeah. Go ahead. No complaining that the food processor is broken. There are other ways. You got and a mocajete. You can make a salsa. You don't need a blender to make a salsa. You can just do it with your hands. And just, and just, you know, you use the tools that you have around you and you can make amazing food. I think that's one of the things that not only traditional Mayan cooks, but all Mexican cooks have is that we are really resourceful. We, two things, we can make a dish with two items. We can do something as long as we have, fire or even without it no but if we have fire we can make tortilla we have the filling we grab some things and we have a full dish ready there I, I love that and yeah you know we got into this business because we like knives and fire and when we we have those tools at our disposal uh, just the things available in the environments around us we can create great meals so well, we're, I will, we have just a minute or so left, and I wanted you to tell everybody how they can find you, where your website is, and if they 
uh, want to follow you on social media, how they can see all the great things that you're doing. Thank you very much. Uh, well, our website is www.mexicolindocooking.com. And uh, there you can find everything from cooking classes, culinary experiences uh, with uh, Chef Rosalia as well. Uh, you can find culinary vacations in every type of experience focused on gastronomy, culture, and food. Uh, so there are many, many things to do on your vacation. And I think it's a great opportunity for, for people to really immerse in the culture so you don't go to Riviera Maya like it's nice to go partying and go to your resort, but get out of the resort and really feel what's Mexico about, which are the real flavors, because you will be surprised of how amazing the food and the culture is. Awesome. And y'all, she's also uh, Mexico Lindo cooking on Instagram. There's lots of beautiful pictures. Um, check it out. Uh, my guest today, y'all, was uh, Chef Chef Ali Kawachi with Mexico Lindo Cooking School. And we talked all things taco salsas. I can't wait till the next time we get to talk and uh, learn a little bit more. <laughs> yes, I'll come. Maybe we'll do a live. Uh, from a class with you somewhere. <laughs> that would be great. We have to eat a lot of tacos. Well, thank you, Chef Ali, and thank you to my listeners. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao. Thank you.